Good evening, good evening on the last Sunday night in October 2020. Trust you had a phenomenal Sunday and week. Oh my word, every service this morning, wherever body preached was so powerful. And we had full houses everywhere. Some places actually, there was more than just full house. And uh, the children, oh my word, and everywhere was just powerful. Because we speak on the subject about ownership. Ownership means you don't belong to yourself. You belong to God, redeemed you with a price by sending Jesus. Now Paul comes and he says, that's why we, if we live, we don't live for ourselves. We live for him and we live for his vision, his mission, his assignment on our lives. Now there's a phenomenal story and this morning they touch on it and I'm just going to give you the seven things, but they touch on it because what ownership means in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said, all power has been given unto me, heaven and in earth. Now you go, ownership. And then before that, he gave a parable in Luke chapter 19. And I just want to read verse 13, King James, a short few words. And that's why you are here tonight or today as a believer on the face of the earth. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17. He made us new creatures. He gave you the ministry of reconciliation. And he made you ambassadors for Christ. That is a mouthful already to preach on. Oh my word, glory to God. Now listen what says in Luke chapter 10, or Luke 19 verse 13. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, Occupy, somebody say occupy. Occupy till I come. Oh, my word. That means we have a responsibility to occupy until Jesus comes. And that's very important because if you don't live in that mindset, you will let the enemy take hold of and win some ground and actually try to push you out of your inheritance and your promised land. Now, this is phenomenal. Because that word that we must occupy till he comes is to stay in charge. Somebody say, stay in charge. God didn't put the devil here. <laughs> he did not at all. He stripped him with chains of darkness. He's bound with chains of darkness, says the book of Jude. Listen, what we need to know, God put you on the face of the earth to occupy it to manage it, come on somebody, to stay in charge of it. The devil cannot do what he wants because he's stripped. It's what you as a king, a priest, and a prophet, and we as the church of Jesus allow him on the face of the earth to manifest in the way he manifests. <laughs> somebody said something beautiful. God spoke to this person and the Lord said to her, <coughs> excuse me, he said, don't bring Satan in the conversation, <coughs> excuse me, when you pray. <laughs> to say, oh God, the devil, I go through this and the devil is so powerful and oh, the coronavirus and oh, the economy and now the thing that the rumors they spread around. Let me tell you what happened in Bosov and all those places that the people put on fire this weekend. Oh, my word, a supernatural cloud appeared because, remember, it's supposed to be summer. And they had the, the cloud just open up and kill the fires because of prayer. <laughs> We're here to occupy. Say occupy. Friday night for number 16, they burglared again and stole our fence where we pray about and get the funds and do the thing to get the concrete palisades up. 
Now we refuse that the devil will have any power, any dominion, even over our mind. We have the mind of Christ. I think like my God thinks. I think about the things above and not beneath. And that's why Jesus gave this parable and he says, occupy till I come. Oh, my word. That was God's original intent. Genesis chapter 1 took dirt. Oh, my word. Made Adam out of the earth. And then, of course, Eve. And then he said, have dominion. (laughs) Have authority. Have jurisdiction on the face of the earth. Guard where God put them. You and I need to guard it. The devil is an alien. He's illegal. And he tries to, (laughs) my word, to squatter in your promised land. And you and I need to occupy till Jesus come. That means you cannot be defeated. You cannot live in negativity. You cannot go with the stream. You need to stand out. Oh, my word, don't blend in. Because you are called to be that world changer, that history maker, that planet shaker, that atmosphere. This is not just a cliche. This is what God sees about you. Our problem is we don't see ourselves in all the messages. Pastor Emma preached about or Pastor Jeff Powerful. And we need to get hold of that truth this night so that we cannot see ourselves as a second-hand Christian. You need to see yourselves as a citizen of heaven, royalty. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Luke chapter 10, 19, Jesus enforced the thing about occupy. He says, I give you power and I give you authority over all the power of the enemy of the devil. You will trample on scorpions and snakes so that nothing will harm you. Don't sit in that hole. Stand up by faith. Start speaking the word, declaring the word. We are occupying till he come. And God is waiting on his church and the local church and the global church and every born-again believer to rise up to be that person that can occupy till he comes. Now, this is phenomenal. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven is a place, but the kingdom of God is a method. It's a lifestyle. That's what Jesus was preaching. I'm going, (laughs) then the Holy Spirit will come. And then he said at a time in in my father's house are many mansions. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. That's a place. I'm talking about you to occupy is a method. The kingdom of God must manifest through us. Let thy kingdom come as it is in heaven. Let it manifest in earth through you and me so that his kingdom can have the dominion and the dominant or dominance on the face of the earth. The earth belongs to the Lord. Somebody said, oh, the devil is really in God. No, he is not. He's what we allow him. And what comes out of our mouth, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Jesus didn't say you will not have, uh, you know, action and there will not be opposition. He said, in this world, you will have a lot of tribulations. But remember, I have overcome them. That means you are the victorious one through Jesus. So the kingdom of God, listen family, is a method, a lifestyle. It's the natural way how God's people is supposed to live. It's God's way of doing things. Matthew 6, 33 (laughs) Jesus said, oh my word, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amplified. The way how God is doing things, God's way of operation, God's method, 
God's will, God's plan. The kingdom is not a lawlessness thing. We cannot just do it our way. We are, we belong. There's ownership over us. And he gave us ownership on the face of the earth. Every place you trample, I'll give in your hands. Oh, my word. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you shall be in vain. Come on, somebody. If the enemy tries to come one way, he will flee before you seven ways. Somebody shout, say, Occupy till I come. Years ago, there was a, a group here, and they had T-shirts. I'm the Christian that the devil wants you about. <laughs> I always laugh about it, but that's where we should be. You should become the born-again disciple, the follower of Jesus, the way how to do life while you are in this earthen vessel. And the devil must warn everybody about you. <laughs> so, oh, no, 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 don't touch her, don't touch him, don't, don't go nearby. Oh, my word. And every demonic spirit must be on the run for you because you're going to be the Christ follower Listen, when I do it God's way, God's method, God's kingdom manifests through me. You must get this. God's kingdom must manifest through me so that I can be the one, the Christian that the devil wants everybody about. Oh, my word. Because God's way of doing things, he says, then everything will be added to your life. Now, we first want the things added but we don't want to do it, and Christians don't want to do it God's way. God's way of doing things. God's way of operation. Living God's vision, God's dream, God's assignment. And it's very simple. We love him, and we follow his commandments. Because his instruction, says John, is not difficult to do. See, the enemy tries to tell you how difficult it is, but it's not difficult. That's why it's so important this night to understand. Now, now God's got eternal purposes, God's way. What God has planned, he knows the end from the beginning. And he knows the beginning from the end. People ask me and say, can you please preach about the rapture and the coming and Oh, my word, and the mark of the bee. I get requests like that. And I said, I understand what you try to tell me. I'm not going to let that possess my mind and occupy my mind because nobody is in agreement with that. I said, I am called and you are called to occupy on the face of the earth until he comes back and he's coming. I believe that Jesus is coming. But listen, we cannot waste time on things that people are still fighting over. While we're here, we're not here to just to take up space. We're not here to be oxygen thieves. We're not here to go through life and say, oh, it's so hard to live and life is a battle. And Well, nobody knew, nobody thought that we will be in this condition that we are in. But that's where the Christians, because the heathen toy toy and they do all kinds of stuff. And the Christians say, oh, don't do it. Don't touch me. Don't know. I told you the story. Two ladies was hijacked. Both were Christians. The one, the spirit fault, Holy Ghost powerhouse. And the people that hijacked them, they were sitting in the back. And with a gentleman in between and the two in front that hijacked them. And the one start to unbutton her. And the other one turn around. And the one lady said, oh, please don't touch me. Don't do this to me. I've had husbands. The other one, when, she, when they start, she said, I say to you, devil, you're not going to touch me. And he pulled his hand back. And he looked again and he tried. The other one tried. And she said, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> she said, you will not touch me. The other one said, oh, don't hurt me. They slow down the car. This woman here that was speaking in tongues and rebuked them. They were driving very slow, opened the door, kicked her out. 
But the other one they took, they raped her and murdered her. They had the same born-again experience. They had the same Holy Ghost. They had the same ability. What was the key? The one operate outside God's way. He gave you authority. He gave you that power. Oh, my word. He gave you the phenomenal ability to change the history of the world, to be a person of impact. Yeah, but I'm in this world and the... No, no, you're going to hear now what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you seven things that's going to help you. There's seven things that God gave us to occupy till he comes. And that's God's eternal purposes. God doesn't change his mind. He's not schizophrenic and say, oh my word, angels, earth is in trouble and I don't know what to do. No, Forever are your words settled in heaven. That means when I occupy till I come, I must move from only hearing or listening to become a doer. Action is involved. If I don't apply what I hear, James said it. He said, you will deceive your own heart and I refuse to deceive my own heart. I'm here to occupy till Jesus come. Say again, I am here to occupy until Jesus come. So don't let the devil tell you anything. You are that earthen vessel that contains uh, such a great gift. You've got the power. You've got the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I pray Ephesians 1 that you may know and understand the, uh, the, un <laughs> the immeasurable, the unlimited, surpassing power of his greatness that's in you and for you who believe. That's what makes the difference between quitters, losers, and people who are winners. They go through the same battle. They understand. There's a wind against them. There's a storm, but they have a word for them. Say, I have a word for me to occupy. It's about <laughs> the devil wants you to feel like a squatter on the face of the earth and you are looking for a fire escape. Oh, come, Jesus, come. Just come and fetch. That's selfish. He's coming. But we need to get the gospel out. Oh, my word. Pastor Francois said, Now, listen, that's very important. It's not time to retire, but refire in Jesus. Occupy. Because God knew that in the last days, people will only have a form of godliness, no power. The love life will wax cold, the love for God. Then Paul tells Timothy all the end time signs. He says, we are in perilous times will come. But we are not moved. The most of the New Testament was written in the not in the most convenient time frame. Oh my word. Paul who addressed many of his letters was written in prison. And he was there not because he was a thief and a murderer or a, not a taxpayer or not a tithe giver. He was there because for the gospel's sake. And he triumphed. In all things, hallelujah. That's what God wants you to do. You cannot end October as you started. You cannot go in this last week of October as you went through this past week. Well, Gustav, I had great victories. God wants you to have the complete victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Now listen, <laughs> there's three things we said the enemy will use that you will not occupy. He will use three things. He will come with guilt. He will come with distractions. He will come with excuses. Those three things will kill the eternal purposes of God in your life. And you will not be a person that rule and reign as a king on the face of the earth. You will feel I'm just an accident. Oh, Jesus, come. Can I not die? I know we've been all there. And we miss 
God's way of doing things. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now let me get to that seven things. Because these three things will stop, will hinder, or delay you to occupy till Jesus come. What did we say? Guilt, distractions, and excuses. Oh my word. That's why I want to give you seven eternal purposes of God. Touch maybe last Sunday morning on them in, in the Afrikaans service. But the first one is, listen, the first reason, the purpose, why you need to occupy and how you can occupy and live out God's ownership over your life is he wants my life to center around him. He wants to be the total focus of my being. God first, first, not second, not third, not money, not fame, not your possessions. First, God said, make me first. Seek first the kingdom. Find out because I want to add unto your life everything you desire while you occupy till he comes. Oh, my word. That's why Revelation 4.11, that means I must be a worshiper. Hear the word they worship. Worship, you call to be a worshiper. And God wants you to worship. Worship. Everything you do in life is a worship action towards God. You, we were created for his pleasure. Because the translation says in Revelation 4, 11b, you, God, created everything. And it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. God wants to enjoy you. What honors God? What makes God happy? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Faith. Because without faith, without believing what God says is the truth, and doing what God says, it is impossible to please him. Oh, my word. <laughs> Psalm 149.4. Oh, my word. Pastor Emmy preached that word this morning. The scripture says, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Ephesians 1 for the message translation. Long before he laid down the foundation. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the foundations. God had us in mind. He's got you in mind. And settled on us as the focus of his love. God wants you to love him. And because he loves you and he loves you so much. But he wants you to have a love. Many people say, oh, in my marriage I have a love-hate relationship. No, no, God said, I don't want a love-hate. I, I only want a love relationship. <laughs> Matthew 22, 37 to 38, the NIV translation. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Uh, one say, with all of your strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. First thing of God's eternal purpose, because this one ignite. If there's something wrong with your love life, you will not be able to live out to the fullness every other one that I'm going to mention. Hosea 6, 6, Living Bible. I don't want your sacrifice. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. That's God speaking. Because... Oh, I see a lot of people say, oh, thank God, now I have the revelation. I don't need to be a giver. No, the nature of God is giving. But he said, I want your honor. I want you to love me. I want you to know me more. God is not in need of anything. So my first purpose of life is to love God, that my life will center all around him. That means I'm a worshiper. The second eternal purpose of God to occupy till he comes. Listen, he could have chosen angels and everything, 
But God was looking for a family. God formed you. He formed you to belong to a family. God never called you to just be on your own. Oh, he wants you to be part of a team where there's a team, there's conquest. Because the scripture says in Ephesians 1, 5, you living translation, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. Oh, my word. 1 Peter 1, 3, Living Bible. God has given us the privilege of being born again. It's a privilege. So that we are now members of God's own family. See, there's too much scripture explains scripture. Scripture answers scripture. God first created you that your whole life will center around him. And that you will be part of a family because that's how we learn not to be selfish, not to be self-centered, but to care for each other. And this is what the scripture explained, 1 Timothy 3.15. That family is the church of the living God. What is the church? That family. The support and the foundation of the truth. I need to be planted <laughs> so that I can bloom where I am planted. Oh, I do church hopping. The Holy Spirit leads me. That's not the Holy Spirit. God leads you in the final truth and final authority of his purpose so that you will occupy. The world looks at you and they say, oh my word, that's a lot, dear Makar, Christians. They say they're Christians, but they jump here, jump there. No, no. You, you belong to a family. My family know when I raise the children. It's a family. It's a unit. Come on, somebody. And that unit cannot be broken. Parents can do what? The children remains their children. So God said, I want to be your father. You, my children. Jesus is the head of the church. You, the body. I created you. Now the smart Alex, oh yeah, the global body, the invisible church. Don't get in that nonsense. It's not biblical. Write the letter to the church in Ephesus. Church in Laodicea, human rights. Church of Philadelphia. It was a local congregation that people belonged to. That's why we, a lot of people say, oh, this thing of the local. No, no. If the local church didn't exist, I was the first one not to be there. <laughs> but it's God's only vehicle on the face of the earth. Listen, he says in 1 Peter 2, 17, love your spiritual family. What must I do? Love your spiritual family. We are part, Ephesians 4, we are a many-member body, part of each other. So that's the thing that we need to do. You need to understand. That's why scripture says, don't neglect the gathering of the saints. It's instruction. Don't neglect it. Oh, my word. Don't neglect it. God wants you to be there so that you can build up his body. You are part you are some part of the body, an arm, a leg, an eye, the eyeball, whatever you are. You're part of a body. You cannot do it on your own. It's God's eternal purposes. <laughs> First, my life center is around him. Everything, he's the central focus. Second thing, he called me, he created me, he formed me for a family. That means I belong. I belong. I stand at the door and hug people. Sometimes I get this message. This, You know why I come to this ministry? For the hug. I said, my word, the hug. What we take for granted is for other people so special. That's the only hug I will get. That's the only love I will receive. The third 
reason or the first, the third purpose of life is God wants me to grow up spiritually. Because the whole plan of God is that I must become a disciple. Jesus raised disciples. Follow me and I will make you. It first starts with follow and then you can be make. <laughs> then he'll make you. Then he made you in what he wants to be more like Jesus. That's the reason. They said, I must grow up. <laughs> Bible says, because by this time you should have been teachers. But how do we still feed you on milk? How do you still wear diapers, nappies, and have a, a dummy, a pacifier in your mouth? said, by this time you should have teach other people, disciple other people. It's a growing up process. Come on. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. The living Bible says, Oh my word, so that we should become like his son. The third purpose why I'm here to occupy is to become God's whole idea is to become more like Jesus. More like Jesus Less of us. Sometimes there's a lot of good stuff in. And God said, no, I want that good stuff out. That old nature. Think the things above. Don't walk with hatred and unforgiveness and stinginess and anger. And don't let the sun go under over your wrath and all these things. He said, no, 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 make right. More of Jesus. Less of us. That's why he created us. He called us. His third purpose on the face of the earth is not to be religious, but to that we will bring Jesus. People can Christ the hope of glory in you. How will people see that? Oh my word. When you're kind, when you're lovable, not bombastic and ugly and disrespectful. In my years, we never were allowed to be disrespectful to people younger than us, but especially older than us. Because one day, see, you're going to give account. And that's what people don't realize. What they sow is what they going to reap. Oh, my word. <laughs> he wants me. Come on, people. I must be a learner how to live life to become a disciple that's the third one, to grow up spiritually and that people can see Jesus to become like his son, says Romans chapter 8, 29. Philippians 2, 5. Think and act like Christ Jesus. Think and act. To think and to act like Christ Jesus. When people look at you, what do they see? Do they see a heathen Christian? Do they see a negative Christian? Do they see a stingy Christian? Do they see a self-centered Christian? Do they see a Christian full of excuses, not focus, or walking around with guilt? That means you are an orphan, a prodigal. Come on. <laughs> or do they see Christ Jesus in and through you? so that we will become more like Jesus. That's why we have discipleship classes. The Jesus disciple 12 is that Jesus will be seen through your life, formed in you. Christ, the hope of glory. People walk around with the scripture. Oh, Christ, the hope of glory inside of us. But they don't show no of that qualities of Christ, the hope of it's another cliche. It's just another thing that they operate. No, to love him with all of my heart. I didn't want to be in Cryfontaine. I hated Cryfontaine. I even hated some of the people there. That's years ago. Until God confronted me in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, in Gary Beard's house. I had to do a meeting and I heard the Lord say, until you marry your Leah, because Cryfontaine was my Leah. I was chasing for a Rachel. Another town, city with a lot of perks. Here we walked, we suffered. The poor people called us poor. 
At a time I had cardboard in my shoes, my socks looked like Oliver Twist. We were the man, I can tell you history books. Until that day, when I said, God, I decide to marry my Leah. Boom, everything changed. Because now I must represent Jesus. That's why he said, so that Christ can be formed. To think and act like Christ Jesus. So that you can occupy till he come. That you can operate as a king. As ambassador. As a priest. As a prophet in this life. Oh, one day there. No one day there. We know what's going to happen all there. It's perfect. It's phenomenal. But God wants you ready to have heaven on the face of the earth. Come on, somebody. Oh, my word. The third thing was, is so that, listen, what we said is, was to grow up spiritually, discipleship. First thing was worship. Second thing was belonging. We part, part of the great assignment. Third thing was discipleship. Who's the person that says no in your life or the one that says yes? You cannot be a disciple, a trainer, or make disciples if somebody doesn't disciple you. Then the blind is going to lead the blind. That's so important. These seven eternal purposes help me to understand so many things in life. And since I applied them, my life is a feast. It's easy to live. It's wonderful. I can say, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood with all the burglars. So we've been burglared 326 times. And I have just learned I need to be worship, worshiper, a worshiper. Everything I do, worship, my love, my giving, my preaching, my singing, my dancing, my, my actions is because as an act of worship. Listen to the fourth one. The fourth one is God shape me for service. Shape me. I'm shaped to be more like Jesus. I'm shaped through my gifts and my talents and my abilities and the potential and the capacity he placed inside of us. We are shaped. God didn't give it to you to say, whoa, wow, 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 wow. I'm so smart. No. He shaped you for service. That means that you can serve. Jesus was the greatest server. You go to a restaurant and somebody serves you. That's why I pay big tips at the waiters that comes my way. It's there to serve. Serve them in the mighty name of Jesus. He says in Psalm 139 verse 13, the message translation, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. What did God do? You first shaped me <laughs> inside, then you shaped me outside. Ephesians 2.10, out of the NCV translation, God made us what we are in Christ Jesus. God made us to do good works, good works which he planned in advance for us to live our lives and what to do with it on the face of the earth. That's why you hear this phenomenal story. Seek first the kingdom. Find out what how God is operating and his purposes are universal and eternal. I don't care in what country you are. Oh, my word. 1 Peter 4.10, Living Bible. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Did you hear that word, to help each other? Oh, my word. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. That is a big mouthful. So my fourth purpose in life is to serve God by serving others, and that's what we call ministry. 
Oh, I wait for a title. If you don't minister right now where you are, a title is not going to change you. It's going to make you proudful and boastful. Jesus stood off from the communion table in the Last Supper and start washing everybody's feet. He showed. It's not how big your head is, not how big your, your titles are, not what your education is. It's how big is your towel to serve other people that will impact the world. The fifth purpose, because remember, these seven things will cancel. Oh, my word. Guilt, because people are guilty, they don't know what they are and who they are in Christ and what the, the, why are they here on the face of the earth. People will, <laughs> if they don't understand these things, they will be tossed to and throw and get, <laughs> drift off. Come on, somebody. But when you understand these things, you will stay focused. And you will not use excuses, too old, too young, too fat, too skinny, too round, too flat, <laughs> too poor, too rich, oh my word, too healthy, too sick, all those drama stuff. God need, because you see where it brought the nations of the world, while heaven is depending on you and me. The fifth purpose of life is to tell every person about Jesus, to be that evangelist. Oh, I'm this great evangelist. Yeah, but it's everybody is an evangelist supposed to be. You need to start right where you are. It's that one person you impact, and it's the 10 people you impact, and it's then that another one that you impact before the crowds because you will not be so effective in front of crowds if you couldn't just handle one person. That's where a lot of people have this thing. And that was Satan's problem. He said, I will, I will, I will. I think he said five times. And then God said, I'll show you what happened with I will and I want. <laughs> it was cast out of heaven like a lightning. The Afrikaans word says, Jesus said, and I'm not swearing, Ekit Satans was a blacksome idea. I said, follow my word. I couldn't believe I said that word. But that's the Bible. So I didn't swear. <laughs> Listen, he, Jesus said what he said, the devil. You know, that lightning word I just used. So your fifth purpose in life is to be a witness. My word, there's a great cloud of witnesses. My sister has gone nearly three months and my mother has gone in 2012 and my my biological father is gone in 1985 and Pastor Nikki went to be with the Lord on October the 25th, 1993. And on my word, I was honored two weeks ago to stand at the right place on the main road in uh, the beach road in Seapoint where I raised my hands on that Monday of the 25th of October where Nikki shared with me four things that will happen. And I said, God, I refuse to be a normal pastor just to retire and just to get old and just to exit ministry. I want to impact a community. I want to impact individual. I want to impact a city and I want to impact the nations of the world. I prayed that prayer in the parking lot of Arthur Seed Hotel in the NC Point that day. A few hours later, Nicky and his wife was killed in the car crash, uh, head on collusion. Donnie Slobbert and their daughter, Grace, was in that car. But I know that day what God did. That's why your fifth purpose in life. Now, this is why you are alive. You're not an accident. You're not somebody that's just here to suffer like a Wilson toffee. No. God put you here to impact the world. And I'm giving you the greatest message that will if you understand that, your life will change completely. Because 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, the things that you have learned from me, Paul speaking, I now want you to pass on to other reliable people so that they can pass it all on to even more people. It's four, five generations here that Paul was speaking. Jesus impacted Paul's life. 
He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul tells Timothy, who follows Paul and follow Jesus. And then he said, get reliable people so that they can tell us. Five generations are impacted in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20. Through Christ, God has made peace between us and himself. And he gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we can have with him. So we have been sent to speak for Christ. That's what the ambassador is. You are ambassador for Christ. We have been sent to speak for Christ. Proverbs 11.30 God's people are like trees that bear life-giving fruit. They show their wisdom by saving souls. <laughs> wow, that's a powerful scripture. Proverbs 11.30, one of the other translations says, He who wants souls is wise. That's part of your life mission. If I don't win, then I'm, if I'm not wise, I am stupid, a fool. You decide tonight. Now it's not you that, that other fools are stupid. People who are not listening tonight. But that's your fifth purpose. You are sent with a mission. It's, oh my word, to be a witness. Heaven depends on you. God, believe you can. I said it this morning. In the 9.30 service, we can double the attendance right now. You can double it. You can impact just one person. Needs to tell one person. Invite one person. Start discipling one person. And you have a multiplication. That's what God's business is about. A billion soul harvest can only be effectively discipled if we follow these principles and teach people to follow Christ as we follow him. The sixth purpose of your life tonight and I'm coming to an end. Oh, my word. The sixth purpose of your life is to pray. Prayer. Prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always. <laughs> say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, my word. If people look at you and they say, no, they say they're Christians, they serve God, but... They're always unpleasant, always unhappy, always trierig, always sad, always depressed. And I don't want to become a Christian because I have enough trouble. I don't need more trouble. Is that what they say? Or are you rejoicing? Rejoice! <laughs> Again, I say, Paul says, rejoice. Be glad. Listen. He says, rejoice when? Always. Pray without Seizing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is the will of God? Oh God, tell me your will. Oh God, tell me your will. Oh God, this is the will. Rejoice always. Oh my word, pray always without ceasing. Be a prayer person. Give thanks in all circumstances. Don't say, oh, God, I thank you that the dog bite me. I thank you that I'm bankrupt. He said, no, even in that circumstance, oh, God, I thank you that I will always triumph. I'm victorious. I may have a setback, but I am coming back in a greater measure. I'm not coming back in one step. I'm bouncing back. My next dimension is seven steps at a time. God's going to, oh, I just heard it, accelerate. Acceleration is going to happen in your life. It's going to do it quick when you follow these seven eternal purposes of God. You cannot water them down. You cannot dilute it because we're not supposed to be diluted. Chris, we to take a firm stand and say, I'm here to make a difference. Devil, you don't have authority and dominion. I have the name of Jesus. I have the blood of Jesus. I can pray in the spirit. I have all these weapons, the helmet of salvation. <laughs> Shield of faith, sword of the spirit, loins girt with truth, come on, breastplate of righteousness. I have the sh shoes for the preparation of the gospel. 
It's all part of the seven eternal purposes. Everything in Christ show back to what I'm telling you from Genesis 1 till Revelation chapter 22. It shows always to these seven eternal purposes. Listen, he says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you to pray, to be a witness, to belong, to be a worshiper, to be a disciple, a growing in Christ, a disciple maker, be discipled. And that's what God wants you to do. Pray. And the seventh one. Now, some people say, whoa, Gustav, until that one, it's so phenomenal. The problem is you cannot separate one from the other. Then you're not complete. Then you open a little doorway for the enemy to take hold, to become a squatter in your territory. You are called to occupy till he comes. Because, listen, there the scripture says he gave them 10 pounds. He gave them stuff, money. It's the same story about he gave them talents. And he said, use it. It's action. Come in action. Come out of traction. The seventh one is to be a giver. Oh, my word. Oh, God doesn't, oh, no. How I'm, no, God didn't say argue. Didn't say fight. David said, I will not bring unto my God a sacrifice that doesn't cost me a price. When Abraham was ready to lift the knife and to sacrifice his son as a burnt offering, the voice of the Lord came and said, Stop! Now I know that you love me. When did God say that? By sacrifice, by giving. Now I know that you love me more than your son. Every time when you give, doesn't matter what God tells you to give. God told me to give. There were times that I gave away a hundred thousand to individuals. God just told me, so in ministry, do this, do the next thing. Listen, why? It doesn't occupy me. It doesn't have my heart. I have it. I am the manager. Occupy, take control. Be in charge of it until he comes. And that's why when Abraham turned around, he saw a ram in the thickets with his horn. Why with his horns? Not with his leg or tail, with his back part, front part. Why with his horns? Because God will never accept a sacrifice that fights with him. I've learned that in life. I give as a cheerful giver. I love as a cheerful lover because I understand the principle. God wants you complete. He wants you whole. Jesus every time said, go and be whole. <laughs> he wants you whole, body, soul, spirit, your everyday living by following these seven eternal purposes that's why there's attack against you. That's why there's a coronavirus. Some Christians reveal themselves. Oh my word, what did you build your life on? Is it fear, doubt? Is it unbelief? Is it lukewarmness? Is it coldness? Or are you on fire for the Messiah? Romans chapter 12, verse 8, Paul calls this. He says, love the ministry of the giver. He said, People say, I want a ministry. If you're not successful or effective or significant in the ministry of the giver, your whole journey will not work out. Because God so loved the world, he wants you, if I need to be like Christ, Christ was a giver. He gave it all. He didn't withhold nothing. He paid the full price. Listen, he says, he who gives... In genuineness. <laughs> Afrikaans says, Hy wat ideal en oprechtheid. It's a ministry. It's one of the ministries you need to live. And it's no, I God didn't call me. No, it's especially you who say it that needs it. Because that ministry of the giver, it's the way of God doing things will happen that God will add anything you need into your life. Oh my word. 
He that giveth, says that scripture, let him do it with simplicity. Not fighting, not arguing, and not delaying the giving. I've learned. Well, are you after my money? Do with your money what you want. <laughs> I don't need money. I need money, but I don't need money. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. We feed the multitudes and all that we, we, we need for their ministries. But I've learned how I get myself out of trouble. I give. I sow in fertile ground. I sow into the church when I sell my businesses years ago. The Lord said, don't touch a penny. Give it away. Sow it. And I knew I was safe. Because he who gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. And I don't give with a requirement and with strings attached. When it leaves my hand, my harvest leaves God's hand. So I'm not going to argue. I don't care what people do. Stop at the traffic light and all these beggars are there. I see them as God's ATM machines. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 9, listen what it says. Why God wants you to be a giver. God doesn't need it. God doesn't want it. Gives you a decision to make. You choose and I choose. I can just share with you the seven eternal purposes to occupy till he come to be connected to God's kingdom, God's way of doing things. You cannot, why does the Muslims bring greater sacrifices? Tie bombs, and I've just read a story this afternoon where a mother took a guitar full of, with one of the greatest bombs that killed, and she handed it to the self-bomber and they bombed children and people. How can a mother take a seven-year-old son, tie to him the bombs to blow up a bus and blow up lives? How can we make a lesser sacrifice as God's people than when Jesus gave his all? Now, don't say Gustav said, I'm, no, I'm not saying God's not in the killing business. He's not in the murdering business. He's not in the stealing business. He's not in the sickness business. Everything that's negative, God has shed blood through Jesus that it can, you can be healed and have a complete life. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this verse 6. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. But he who sows generously See, God, that's a ministry. God wants you to be generous. That word, that blessings may come to someone. That's why you are a sower. Generously. God doesn't send a gang to you or a summons or the attorneys on your track if you don't give God's portion. He doesn't. He knows what the word says because it's his word. <laughs> come on, people. But the bank do. The loan sharks do. They wipe you out. Why are we more faithful to them than to the economy of God? Your work is just your source or your channel. God is your source, your channel. The inheritance, the whatever you, money you have, whatever. It's just the channel. God is your source. Overnight, that things can change. He says, so that blessings can come to someone. Listen, what will he reap? Also reap generously and with blessings. These seven eternal purposes of God must be active. You must become a doer. James says, do the word. Don't hear it, only do it. Become a worshiper, everything. Oh, get excited to go to church and do all these things. Get excited for prayer. Get excited for giving. Get excited for witnessing. Get excited to grow spiritually. Get excited to belong because it's worship. Augustus, I did sing. I did worship. No, that, that worship must be like incense before God. Singing is not only worship. It's a life way of living, God's way of living. Be part of the family. Get planted. Get planted. There are too many rock and roll people out there. Don't belong nowhere. Uh, did you ever hear a rolling stone never gathers moss? Be planted. That's God's way of doing it. 
Psalm 92, you will flourish, you will be young, you will produce fruit. Oh my word, planted in the house, you will flourish in his court. It's God's way. I don't care what revelation, that's the word. Word explains the word. Become a learner, grow up in Christ, a disciple. Be a disciple of Jesus. To be a disciple, somebody, Paul says, you have a lot of teachers, but you don't have much fathers. Connect to somebody. That's why Jesus chose 12 people. He brand them. The Bible says, and he called these 12. Be part of 12 people that, that can impact and do. You understand your purpose in this life, what God has called you. That's what the gospel is about. That's what occupancy is about. That's why occupy till I come, Jesus said. Use your gifts, your talents. You are called to minister, to tell people, to serve people. Called to prayer and called to be a generous giver. This is the last service of the, the theme of ownership. Because you don't belong to yourself. If you still belong to yourself, I'm sorry, <laughs> brother and sister. I'm sorry, my friend, sir, madam, I'm sorry. Then you're not living out the full counsel of God to fulfill the great purposes to be a world changer, a history maker, a planet shaker. Jesus said, just as my father has sent me, I send you. The works I have done, you will do them also. And you will do greater works. Wow. God's mindset. God's will. God's way of doing things is exactly these seven eternal purposes. We will post them. And you need to apply them. And you need to live up to them. So that you can be that powerful vessel that can change the history of a nation. And be that mover and shaker. The troublemaker for the kingdom of darkness, the Christian, the devil won't, <laughs> the other demons about you. God wants you to be that person. You have the ability, the power, and you have everything greater as he that's in us than he that's in the world. Are you ready to pray? Oh, my word, and don't forget to be out tomorrow night's prayer time with Pastor Emmy, the Zoom meeting. Every day, the key of faith. Wednesday morning, the leadership at 9 a.m. at the Hadassah Hotel in Wapnick Street, 105 in Cryfontein. Then Friday night, the youth and on Eagle Street, number four in Okuvango Park, Brackenfell. Then all the services, the eight o'clock Afrikaans service at uh, Okuvango Park, the same address I just gave, Eagle Street, number four. The 9.30 English service, then all the, the 9.30 uh, Bonnie Brace service, all the 10 o'clock services, oh my word, the 4 o'clock service and all the 6 o'clock services. Be there next Sunday night, Pastor Veerly. Uh, Willie Field from Heidelberg will be in Franz Hook, home all the way from Gauteng, Dengeleng. Now, if you hear tonight to say, Gustav, I am going to live. I was wondering why I'm so frustrated. My life is not working. It's to love the Lord your God. Everything I've just said is in the great commandment and the great commission. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, with your whole soul, with all of your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Go and make disciples. This is where the seven things came out. What Jesus said. And you say tonight, I make a quality decision. I'm going to live out. No, don't just respond to the altar call or doubt yourself and say I can't no it's an excuse eliminate all these excuses and start occupy till he come Lord Jesus people are right now making a quality decision in their hearts there's even people that don't know you Jesus they think to serve God is a very difficult no it's easy it's lovable it's wonderful it's glorious it's great and as they pray right now Lord Jesus forgive me my sin wash me in the blood Put my name in the book of life and I will serve you. I undertake not to be only a Christian or a church goer. I'm going to be a Christ follower. Christian means to <laughs> be Christ-like. I'm going to be that people can see Jesus in and through me, Lord. And I thank you that I have a life with a mission. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. I make this quality decision right now with every sinner that just prayed the sinner's prayer. Lord, I thank you for healing in my body. By your stripes, I have been made whole. Sickness and disease, take your hands off right now. I command it in the mighty. No coronavirus, no flu, no nothing will have dominion over us in the mighty name of Jesus. No cancer, no diagnosis of doctors, no nothing in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ, because we believe the word. Father, we thank you that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches because I follow the instruction I give. That's why God will give back to me Oh, my word. And it will be not only in 30, 60, or 100, but it will be a thousand times more in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Father, we thank you. We're not hearers of the word only. We are doers. We do something. We are a do something ministry. A do something. Love Dallas said, do something, church. All the staff, are, it's a do something. All the people, it's a do something, people. In the mighty name of Jesus, live from this day victorious, overcomer, and a champion. And let the joy of the Lord be seen all over your life. Get a pep in your step and get in action, out of traction. We love you. God loves you so much. He chose you above the angel Gabriel, <laughs> above the angel Michael, every heavenly being. And he said, you can do it. You can by following and living out God's eternal purposes for your life. Until tomorrow night and next week and next weekend, God bless you and we love you and we declare an open heaven over your life in Jesus' name. Amen.